So how we, are we all right on sound? You doing okay? I know we got two things happening here, so. You can see I've grown in power, right? Oh man. I'm just vibrating up here. Okay, it's great to be here. I, uh, I did bring my, I, did, I can't help it. Okay. <laughs> I did bring my beloved wife, and uh, you might have wondered if we're still talking. I was sitting on the front, she's sitting on the back. Uh, we, the last time I did talk, she did answer, so I think we're still talking. Uh, I, when, uh, in, in Ontario, where we live, and I speak different places, different times uh, around and on Sundays, and a lot of times Marty doesn't travel with me just because of work that she's involved with and then being at the chapel there. And, and uh, one man said to me, he said, when Marty did come, he said, I didn't believe you had a wife, he said. <laughs> anyway, but I do have a wife. I'm very thankful that she was able to come. She has to uh, leave tonight but uh, to go back. Uh, but uh, anyway, I'm glad she could be with me this trip. And uh, our two boys, uh, Wayne is in, our oldest is in Texas and uh, in Dallas, and our youngest lives in Peterborough. So we're very, very thankful that he lives a little closer where we are. And we have, we're up to eight grandkids. So I'm really not sure how that all happened because I haven't grown any older. But anyway, uh, we, we love, uh, it's so, such a joy to have three of our grandchildren live in Peterborough, obviously Chris's, Chris and Amy, and uh, they're little ones, so that's just an absolute delight for us. It's a little bit exhausting. It's nice when we say, oh, we see you later, and anyway, <laughs> but it's awesome when they can come and play, and, and Marty is just a wonderful grandmother to them, and uh, we have lots of, lots of joy because of that. Well, let's just ask the Lord to bless us. I just was sitting here thinking, oh, all these young people here, uh, when I first came here, they were not in existence. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it's such a joy, just a joy to me to see all this life and, and for these, all this, this, this youthfulness, it kind of invigorates old dudes. And uh, it's just so wonderful. So Lord bless you guys. May you just keep on keeping on for the Lord. Just, it's just such a joy uh, hearing you pound out the, the piano. Anyway, I, I noticed that. I was watching. So anyway, what a joy. Let's just ask God to help us, okay? Father, you are an awesome, awesome, awesome God. And uh, we live in a world that has turned its eye away from you. But we thank you that in your grace, for those of us who have by your grace, turned our attention to you and put our faith in the Lord Jesus. We have great reason for great joy. And we have a reason to be here because we know we come to Christ through faith, but we want to keep growing in him. And we want our lives to be, uh, we want our lives to be significant and to count for eternal things. So, and we know none of us have arrived. We're all, we're all in process. We're all on journey. And so we just need your truth to impact our hearts. And we know only the Spirit of God can do that. And so that's why we just want to humbly submit to his work and just ask you to have your way for, for our best, for that next step that you have for each one of us. And we know it's unique for each of us, but for the next step that you have for us in our journey, 
uh, may it be your step and it may it be the right step and may it truly be profitable. So help us right now. Help us right now just by your spirit, through your word. Um, just see your work in Christ's name. Amen. Somewhere I'm sure I've told this, this little story, but when my youngest brother, and I only have one, and he's not quite as young as he used to be, but anyway, uh, there was one Christmas, and there was this gift, and he desperately, desperately wanted it. And uh, I remember still in the house we lived in, uh, our, our bedroom was at the end of a hallway, and uh, the living room, uh, mom always had, it was, Christmas was always magical, and she had a beautiful tree, and there was a fireplace, and, and, uh, and, and then there would be gifts, obviously, on Christmas morning. And uh, my brother, Stan, he, I think he was ahead of me, but anyway, you know how you bound out of bed in early morning, and uh, I'm not trying to bring on snow, by the way, but anyway, anyway, he's run down the hall, and mom, mom caught this moment. Somehow, he knew that the gift he had been longing for was under that tree, and he, he runs down the hall, and just at the end of the hall, right as he entered into the living room, right where he could see the gifts under the tree, he just stopped, Mom said. He just stopped. And he looked up, and he said, Thank you, God. He was so excited, and he thought, God gave me that gift, right? You know, and one thing we like to do is just stop. Marty and I just like to stop and, and thank the Lord for you, and thank the Lord for... Uh, your love for us. I just like to turn, I'm going to go to several passages, but I want to go to 1 Thessalonians and just look at a passage that says essentially the same thing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2. Listen to these words. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love. Now, I'm just going to stop there. I know the passage goes on. I just want to highlight several things. We do give God thanks for this family. And I said to someone this morning, this is, this is like home for us when we come back. It's amazing. We were here like 15, 16 years, and then we've been gone about 12. It's just like, it's just like coming home. It's like we were here last week. And so we thank the Lord for you and making mention of you do we do pray for you and constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and your labor of love. I just want to highlight the concept this morning of love. Love is such a critical, critical thing. One, I came across this quote, love is the one ingredient of which our world never tires and of which there is never an abundance the world will never outgrow its need for love. And that is true for all of us. We're created in God's image. God is a God of love. And we are created not only uh, to love, but we're created to be loved. Love is, and, and actually earlier today we used this word that is a very big part of love. We could define love, agape love, sacrificial devotion, sacrificial devotion to one another's highest good. 
is, is when we're willing to go out of our comfort zone, out of what's easy for us, or what is convenient for us, and even if it's sacrificial, even if it costs us something, sacrificially we're devoted to one another's very, very best, highest good. That, that's what really love is all about. And we know the ultimate example of that is in the Lord Jesus. For the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. We know Christ came, He came in the world to pay the ultimate price, to pay for our sin on the cross. And then when He rose back to life on the third day, when He came back, when He broke through death, it made it possible to save us. If we will put our faith in him, trust and say, Jesus, I know I cannot save myself. I cannot get myself out of this sin mess. There's no hope apart from you. I trust you and you alone. And it's all because he loved us. That, that's why that's possible. That's why salvation is possible. This would be an absolutely hopeless world apart from the love of God and the ultimate sacrifice of Christ. Now, because God loves us, we are to love one another. And we're even to the point of making sacrifice. Remember, uh, and, and we, all, we all know the name of it, it was in 1912, it was a Titanic disaster. Think, think about, when I say Titanic, of course movies kind of help that along too, right? But you have, you have the Titanic and we say, oh yeah, that's when all those people died, right? There were 2,200 people on the ship. And as you remember, there were not enough life rafts, and the whole thing was the disaster in every respect. Uh, the gash, the iceberg that was carelessly uh, rammed. But anyway, it was about 1,500 people who perished. Can you imagine? The ship, the unsinkable ship, right? <laughs> now, <coughs> Apparently, there were those on board that night that did everything they could to get on a life raft. There were those who would crowd and, and you know, fight through and, and do everything they could at the cost of everyone else. Just, they were, it was all about them. Now, I, I don't know exactly all the details, but I remember in one part of a movie, this one guy dressed up like a lady, you know, so he could get on the life raft. And there were people that were so selfish, they didn't care about anybody else. But there were also individuals, there were fathers, there were fathers who loved their wives and their kids, and they knew on that night there was no room on a life raft. So they, you know, they gave their wife that last hug. Can you imagine what that would be like? And, and, and their little ones, and they gave them a little a, a hug, and you know, the one that you never want to let go of, knowing that if they got on the life raft, hopefully they would be saved but you would be lost, the sacrifice. Now God may not call, call us to the ultimate sacrifice of giving our lives, we don't know. But he does call us to be like Christ, to sacrifice, to be willing to give. Even when it's not convenient, it's not fun, it's not our first choice, but we know it's the very best. If I'm gonna do this, I give my very best for that person. I've gotta give up something. And, and you know what, when I think of this love, this labor of love, which it, it talks about, the first lesson is, you know, really Paul was, you know, he was, he said, man, 
We love you guys. You are, you are so giving a great example in your lives of the labor of love. Love, you know, love that motivates us to do something for someone else. Really, you know, hard for somebody else. Cares other people. Labor of love. And again, you know, like this is fucking humble. I know that there's a lot of love. Now, I know we're not perfect. This is not, you know, let's plaster over saw and, and pretend that we're all perfect. You know, I was with that great son recently and uh, talking to the wife who just lost her husband. Hey, dear first, she's saying, hey, Christ, in life. Hey, he loved us. Kind of Western Christian music. Uh, I'm not sure you would fit in the band, but you had a guitar, right? Anyway, but they moved quite a bit, quite a bit, and uh, they did not have churches over their life. And he said, uh, he, his wife was telling me, well, he said, he said, well, if we were to church, it's no longer perfect because when we walk in the door, we're not perfect. And no church is perfect, right? No, no group has got it all together. But thank the Lord for the progress that God has given. Thank the Lord for that. And I thank the Lord for you guys, you know? There's, I, I remember all, you know, I have all, you know, the older you get, the stories, you got these stories, right? Some of you don't remember quite right, you know, but anyway, you got these stories, and I remember all kinds of, all kinds of stories, and uh, I was just talking yesterday uh, to Kathy Draper, and, we're, and I asked her if I could use this illustration. She said when she walked in the door, before she was a Christian, when we walked in the door here, before she was a Christian, Mr. Paul Hatt, which obviously some of you know and some of you don't. He's with the Lord now. But he was at the door, and she said when she walked in, she knew he cared about her. She felt loved by his attentiveness at that door for her. So you know what? I've known, I've seen that over the years. I thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord. Let's just talk about love a little bit. Because in the stress and strain of life, and we live in an exceedingly selfish world, right? Exceedingly selfish. So we're, we might, we talk about love in this world. I understand that love is, you know, on the lips of, you know, all the announcers and all the singers and all of that. But to real, have real sacrificial love ultimately comes from God. And we need to grow in that. We need to grow. We need to keep growing in that because we're not. We haven't arrived, and but we want to grow in that. But what 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 does God want to see in our lives? And I want to go to a passage in Romans twelve, and we want to talk about love that's real. That that that's not you know it's not plastic, it's not fakey, it's not just a facade, but it's genuine. Now let's go to this passage, Romans twelve, and I want to uh, as I look at this passage, I'm going to drop down some verses. And uh, I want to go to verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Now, I'm not quite sure how your version reads. I know there's various ways uh, to state it. Let love be without hypocrisy. Now, hypocrisy, the word in the original language, was used of those who were on stage. Kind of like, kind of like here, let's say, let's say I was going to play a part, right? I was going to play like Alice in Wonderland or something. You know, I was gonna, I'd have to change up a little bit, right? Anyway, so, but I'm playing a part. It's not really who I am. It's not really who I am, but I'm playing a part. It's a facade. It's a facade. But it's not really who I am. It says, don't have love that's like pretend love. That's really what it's saying. And some of your versions say, let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. That's what we want. That's what we, we want the real deal, right? We want, we, want, we want it to be what is, you know, more and more like God's love. It's real, genuine, sacrificial. You know, cares, go out of its way. We are to have this kind of love for one another. And I, and I know that uh, I have felt that many times here. I was, I was um, 
talking. We're in a small group Bible study we had a couple of weeks ago. And uh, of course, you always have to, you know, what makes Bible studies, small group Bible studies is food, right? So we're talking, having food, right? But anyway, one of the gals was talking, she, you know, everybody loves chocolate, or most people in the world, if you're in the minority, you know, you get out of stores easier. But anyway, um, she was saying, she was reading this, she had eaten this chocolate and didn't taste, you know, kind of yucky, right? It just didn't taste quite right. And then she started reading the ingredients. There was no real chocolate in the bar, right? Is there supposed to be a chocolate bar? No real chocolate. She was really upset. I'm up, you know, I'm ticked off. No chocolate. Well, it, in our world, sometimes, and this happens, you know, among Christians, even, you know, churches, you know, there can be, there, there can be just a lot of pretend, but no real deal. It's got the wrapper, but it doesn't, have the, it doesn't have the real thing. And God says, no, 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 no. I want genuine stuff here. Let's don't have any pretend love. No, we, there's a, you know, non-Christians look at us, right? And they love the stories about when somebody, one Christian takes a run at another Christian, and it gets, you know, gets outside the walls of the, the church building. Man, the world just applauds. They're so excited to see us fussing and fighting, Right? God says, do not go there. Let's be real. Let's be genuine. We're not perfect. We know that. But let's keep growing. So unhypocritical. Let's don't pretend. No, no fake out. As, as 1 John, I just read this to you. 1 John 3.18 says, little children. That, that's, if you feel bad about little, I kind of like little children because it makes me feel younger. But anyway, little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. Indeed, in truth, one, one uh, commentator put it, because it is so easy to talk the language of love without living the reality of love, the apostles had to continually remind and exhort believers to practice the love they professed. So, okay, so if, if we're practicing the love that we profess, what are some things that will show up? How will it look? Well, let love be without hypocrisy, or let love be genuine. It's kind of like a caption. It's kind of like we, we got a caption, and then we got some list of practical ways to make this happen. So let love be without hypocrisy, and, and we're, we're not going to deal with everything. You know, we, we don't want to be here all night, right? So, and I know everybody would leave, and I'd be lonely. But anyway, look at this. Just, let's look at a few of them. Uh, now, uh, first, abhor what is evil. Now, that, what, is, what is in love about that? Well, you know what? Sin always hurts people. It hurts the person sinning. It hurts the person, people around them. They all, everybody gets wounded in some way with sin. So abhor, stay away from sin stuff because it just hurts people. Hurts you, hurts, hurts your relationship with the Lord and cling to what is good. But I want to jump on verse 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Be devoted. Now that word... Is, of course, you hear this on radio. You know, it's Philadelphia in, in the original language. It's Philadelphia, and we think, well, if you go to Philadelphia, watch your back, right? But anyway, the real deal, Philadelphia, is devotion. The word means devotion that has affection. Devotion that has affection. Caring for people. You know, you, you relate to them. You emote with them at times when they when they grieve. It was interesting, and kind of it was. It shocked us. And, and uh, I was, uh, it was several Sundays back, we went to the church that we attend on a regular basis, and uh, I, uh, I just happened to notice this one little family, and uh, they, they, they just had a new baby, 
And because I, I, this, this young little wife is, was in school. I, I was a teacher a while back and she was one of the students and we kind of built a friendship and then she married another student and now they have these children. And I just observed them getting out of the van. And so they're getting out and, and uh, they're carrying the baby and, and then they have a little boy and a, a little girl, just as cute, just as cute as can be. And, um, and so, you know, I just kind of, in my heart, I just kind of smiled, you know, this is joyful. But during, and I didn't know it at the moment, I found out later, during that morning, the little boy, who would be the oldest in their little family, I think he's three, I think he's three, he apparently had a seizure, and he just kind of passed out. And, and then, we, I find out, they took him to emerge. And, uh, you know, and I, I hear, I'm thinking of this little boy, this little boy just, you know, just, it just looked like a picture of life, right? And, and, you, and then you think he passed out, and then and you're thinking now he's in emerge, and, and they run all these tests trying to figure out what's going on because it happened in the past. And, and so you know what? But what, what I sensed was among the family, there was such a tender concern for that little boy and for his parents. See, that's the way it should be. When, when one of us hurts, all of us hurt if we really love one another devoted to one another, we're devoted to one another, we have affection for one another, we care what happens to one another in the schemes of life. And, and, and when, when, we, when one of us gets into trouble, all of us care. We weep with those who weep. That's just part of it. Just part of it. Being devoted to one another. And God, God's like that with us. We need to be like that with each other. I was, uh, notice this, this next one. Again, as you look at your verse, give preference to one another in honor. Give preference to one another in honor. Now, I like that word, honor. Um, let's put it this way. If, if we love one another, we don't hold one another in disdain. You know, you don't have to, you don't have, to have some high class position or... Uh, you know, be important in the world's eyes to be important to the brothers and sisters of Christ. You're one of us. Whatever your status, whatever your situation, we have mutual, mutual respect. All of us are valuable in God's sight. Remember, and I, I'm going back in history. Remember Mrs. Geimer, those of you who remember uh, dear Mrs. Ma Geimer, and uh, one thing that always stood out to me, now she was, she was in the library, and uh, remember those times which, in, of course, she, this is an amazing thing. God spared her life. She was run over by a bus twice, I think, or run over twice anyway. It was amazing anyway. But, but as a result, you don't just, you know, say, well, let's have another day. You, 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 you have to heal, right? But anyway, she ended up in life, you know, having one of the walkers. And so she had her walker, and uh, she'd be in that library, and she'd come out. And she, of course, she's just a short, short little person. And uh, she'd come out. She's a little fiery. She's a little fiery sometimes. And she was a terrible driver. Oh, man. God, I don't know. I, I thought she was going to heaven sooner than later. But anyway, anyway, she, she, anyway, this is a side footnote, footnote. If you were driving down this road and she was backing out, you just stop, you know, or start praying real fast. But anyway, anyway. She would come out in her little walker, short little sweetheart, and, and you know what? No matter who walked in that door, they were important. Didn't matter what they looked like. It, it didn't matter, you know, what kind of stuff they were wearing. They were important. And see, when we love one another, 
We're not, we're not in a status evaluation game. We're, that's not where we're at. Everybody is valuable to God. Everybody should be valuable to us. And I thank the Lord. That there's, been, there's been a lot of believers here, and are a lot of believers right here, who have that same view. I thank the Lord for that. We're not perfect. Got it? But thank the Lord for those who have honor for people. And, give pre- and note this idea of giving preference. It's interesting to me when you... Say you got several people coming to a door into a, like a mall area or something. Isn't it interesting how people handle doors these days? Now, in the good old days, you know, everything was good because you can't remember what really happened. When in, you, the, you know, in the good old days, you know, somebody would come <coughs> and they would open the door and then let the other person go first, right? That, those are good old days. Anyway, but now some of these days... Right? Like, it's, it's, it's like the sale after Christmas, and everybody's trying to get that last bargain, and, 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 and you might die trying to get it, and some people do. But anyway, you think, and everybody's going first. In love, in love, this is just picture. In love, you open the door and let the other person go. Now, this is just one little picture. You give them preference. In the body of Christ, in the body of Christ, we give each other preference. Say, well, what's good for that person? What's good for that sister? What what would be right for them? Yeah, that means I might have to cut back on something. I might have to say no to something. I may not be able to do this, but if God wants me to do something for that person, that gets back to sacrifice, right? And so I'm devoted to one another. I want you to read a passage. I'll read it to you, and if you want to turn there, this is in Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Listen to these words. Now, this is in a context of harmony. Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing from selfishness. Now, I tell you what, that's a tad bit tough. Nothing? Oh, God, give me a break. I got to do something in selfishness. But anyway, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Whoa. This is way over the top, by the way. Read the next one. Four. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of of others. See, God, God's view is so much different. His, his definition of love is a lot different than our world's definition of love, right? This, I, I, hope this, I hope Ben and Eric are getting along all right. I, this is an old illustration, and maybe, maybe David needs to pass it on. Anyway, at, they're at this couple were, uh, this is a, this again way back in the olden days too. They, were, they just got married, and they were getting on a train to go, you know, on their honeymoon. And the, and the young bridegroom, he's a little, you know, a little, I mean, he's, he's only, this is the first time they've ever been married. He's a little distraught, right? And he goes, he goes up to the, the counter to get the tickets, and, and he just, he, he must be a little bit of an airhead. You ought to pray for his wife. But anyway, he said, oh, we need one ticket. And his new bride said, honey, you only asked for one ticket? He said, by thunder, you're right. I forgot all about myself. <laughs> that was, oh, that, I, in the wife, in the girl said, oh, that was sweet. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, but if he takes a ticket and you're waiting at the station, it's not going to be so fun. But anyway, God wants us to think about the other person, one another, caring for one another, sacrificing for one another. Let's, let's, let's look a little further. Not lagging behind in diligence. Not lagging behind in diligence. I quote, The exhortation implies earnestness and thoroughness in the 
in the performance of our duties, our Christian duties. Luther said years and years and years ago, be not lazy as to what you ought to do. Diligence. There is no room for being a slackard in love. Now, this is an amazing thing in our world. It seems like uh, going to work means in many minds, I, I just go and they give me a paycheck and I go home, right? But really, you're supposed to do something after you get there. But anyway, for the Christian, we are to not be, not to be slack. We're, not, we're, not, we're, we're to care for one another where we actually move out for one another. I, a wonderful illustration of this, again, back, back home. We have a Christian camp uh, outside the city limits. And uh, it's been there for quite a while. Dear, dear brother who's with the Lord started it. And just, it, it, and, we, and the managers of it right now are part of, uh, part of our church. And they're just great. And they do such a fine, fine job. But also, there are a lot of seniors in our, in our church. And they, every summer, before the summer starts, they have this big garage sale. Because this is basically a free camp. And the camp is for the, the people in the, in the community. Uh, and they'll take buses and just pick up kids randomly who, who, who want to come. And uh, they don't have to pay anything. Well, how do you, it costs money to run a camp, right? So they have these, this big barn sale. This big garage, kind of a garage sale, you know, the ultimate garage sale. And uh, so, but all these seniors, you know, it takes a lot to file the stuff and organize stuff and get it all ready to sell and, and, and just takes tons of work. And then the day, the, there's three days, a weekend of three days, and they put it all together and they have people come from all over everywhere to buy stuff. And these seniors, so many of these seniors are just there day after day after day after day. And some of them you see, man, they're coming in like this, right? They're so tired. But they so show love. They show show love. They're loving the community. They're loving the camp workers. They're loving, it's, a, it's an awesome expression of love of diligence, not slacking off. And in our love for one another, we're not to slack off. Now, God has different zones, right? And God has people, you know, a unique circle of people around us. And God calls us to love those people in unique ways. But don't slack off. May, may we not be lazy Christians, lazy in our love. And, and, and this is what God calls us to, to, to really be diligent. Now, let me, let me just... Uh, Notice this next one, 11. Fervent in spirit. Fervent in spirit. Now, this is very similar to the one we just read. But it yet, it has the idea to boil. Boil something. Now, I remember years and years ago when Marty and I were in California. I was working. I was, I, we were trying to eat. We were trying to find something to eat. We were starving. <laughs> so we were trying to find work. And uh, anyway, I ended up working for this guy for a little while uh, who painted these, these uh, big old tanks. I mean, they were huge, huge tanks. And you'd go out there, and uh, by God's grace, I survived. But anyway, I remember one day he came. He came to our apartment, and we were just outside. He wanted to talk to me and give me some instructions where I was supposed to go, what I was supposed to do. Well, I just started my tea kettle a little before he, he came. And uh, so I have my tea kettle gone, and you know, um, it's in, and so I, I know he's out, so I got to go out and talk to him. And so we went out and we talked and talked and talked and talked. And I, I thought, oh no, I just had this terrible thought. The tea kettle's on, it's on the oven, right? Th these are the old days when you actually used your oven for tea. But anyway, so 
I went back in, and all I couldn't believe my eyes. This tea kettle had totally had a meltdown. It had melted down. It melted down. And I'm thinking, oh God, thank you that I did not burn down the whole apartment complex, right? But but that, that, it, it, the, it had boiled and boiled and boiled and it just. Now we're not supposed to have a meltdown, but we're to we're to we're to have we're to have some vibrancy. We're to we're to we're to have fervent, right? Boil, right? In the right ways, not not. Not hot, we're not talking about being hot-headed. We're talking about having energy, fervent in our spirit. And, and, and what we do, we do it with some gusto. Now, I, I was thinking, I think a good illustration of this, and in my, uh, and what I've heard, several people have told me this, and I think it's obvious, uh, the college and careers. There's, I think there's some fervency going on here. It sounds to me like there's some fervency. I think that's awesome. You know, it kind of keeps us old people. They think, oh, man, keep running, keep running. I can't keep up, but keep running. And they keep all the energy, right? And the, and the fervent spirit, that's a love. That's loving one another. And I've heard some really good things about this. I'm, I'm thankful for that. May God continue that. May there be genuine love. May, may it continue. Fervent in spirit. Now, I, I'm looking at my... I'm looking at my list, and I'm thinking, whoa. And I'm looking at my time, and I'm thinking, whoa. And I'm trying to think what I'm going to pick and choose. And you're thinking, let's just pick quiet, shut down, right? Let, I, want, I, want to, uh, I want to jump down, verse 12, and I want to highlight this one, because I think this is something we need. Verse 12, persevering in tribulation. Now, you might think, what does that have to do with love? Now think, think of the people, think of the people that you know, you care about, maybe you've just heard, but they have professed faith in Christ. Maybe, maybe years ago. But they're not going on. They're not, you know, for some reason. I, a young guy, now I don't know his heart, he just, he said, one day uh, down the road, he said, hey man, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God anymore. You know, it broke my heart. He has a wife and little kids. Now, I don't know what went on in his life. I don't know what, you know, but something's out of whack. But you know what? Can you think of the impact that, you know, now let me say this. You know what that guy, you know what that kid? That kid and his wife, they were missionaries. They were missionaries for a while. Can you imagine how much their impact is on other people around them? Missionary, atheist, what? When we fall out of the race, we impact far more people than we realize. Let me just encourage you. If you're in the race and you're keeping on, keeping on, even though it's painful, sometimes it's hard, sometimes you want to throw the towel in, but you keep on keeping on, you are loving people you don't even know their name. And you are certainly loving people in your little circle. May we persevere. I, I, I say this to young people because, I, you know, I, it just, you just bring so much joy to my heart. Persevere. Life is not always fun. Sometimes it, it's heartbreaking. Persevere in the tribulation. You're loving people around you. And God will bless you. God will bless you. But life is sometimes is so hard. But stay, you know, from my old cowboy days, stay in the saddle. Stay in the saddle. You get bucked off. Get back on. Move forward. Persevere in tribulation. God loves us. I just give you this little illustration. 
there was a teenager and he, he wanted to quit high school. And his dad was all upset and trying to convince him to stay in school. And he said, son, you just can't quit. All the people who rem are remembered in history didn't quit. Abe Lincoln, he didn't quit. Thomas Edison, he didn't quit. Douglas MacArthur, he didn't quit. Elmo McQuigley, his son said, whoa, who's that? His father said, he quit. <laughs> May we not quit. May we not quit. I think it was Dee, and, and some of you know Dee, sweet, sweet young girl that was, she's a mama now, but when she was here, she's kind of almost like a daughter. And uh, I think she, she's the one that gave me this little book, bookmarker I have, Winston Churchill, went to, uh, uh, supposed to have this famous, you know, speech. And of course, Winston Churchill, you think, whoa, we're, we're going to listen to this, right? I don't think he was prepared. He got up. He said, never! Everybody's listening. Never! Then his third, never! Quit. And then he sat down. Then he quit. <laughs> but you know what? It's a great marker, and it's a great reminder. Never, never. Never quit. May we love one another. And may our love abound. And uh, I, there's many other things we could say, but I'm not going to go there. Just for your sake. And I don't want to be all alone. So anyway, I'll just close with this illustration. Uh, we, we love our grandkids. They're just, a, like I said, they're such a joy. And uh, little Levi, he's four. And we, we get to hang out more with him because he's the oldest of the, of the three. And uh, he's got a, a he, he is super competitive, but he has a great heart. And one day I took him back to his house and uh, the, the kids were kind of running around and it was kind of chaos. And, uh, and all of a sudden he just stopped, he just stopped. And he looked to me and he said, Papa, that he calls me Papa, you know, you, you should go should call him a young dude. But anyway, he says, Papa, I love you. I love you. And you know what? Boy, that, that melts a heart, right? It's so encouraging. May we love one another. May we love one another. May we continue in our love for one another. Thank you for loving us. May we continue by God's grace to love each other. Let's pray. Lord of heaven, we need help. It's, it's a selfish world and we can get wrapped up in it. We can become unloving. We confess the times we have been. But Father, help us abound. Help us grow. Help us move forward in our love. I thank you for the love that is here. I thank you for the genuine love that is here. Father, may you protect it and bless it and grow it in each of our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' precious and amazing name. Amen.